Today on the Rochester Rundown, we dive into campaigning through COVID-19, what political challengers are doing to keep the ball rolling towards November after the pandemic threw their entire playbook out the window. We hear from local candidates and campaign managers in races from city council to Capitol Hill, their stories and plans, plus news of the week coming soon. But first, allow us to reintroduce ourselves. After just over two months of silence, today, our podcast is returning. This will be a shortened version of the show, still without the event segment, but including news briefs and one larger story, although the features will be shorter than they were before. This will be the basis of the new format for at least the next few weeks. As we move forward, the hope is to slowly expand until we can return to a normal show. This return simply would not be possible without the incredible support the Rochester community has shown us. Our membership has roughly doubled since mid-March, allowing Sean and I both to continue reporting on stories that matter in a thoughtful and truthful manner. You've made our immediate future much more certain when so much else is incredibly uncertain. Rochester, you stepped up to bat for us, for local journalism. And for that, we are deeply grateful. So are you ready to get back into it? It's finally time. I'm Isaac James. It's Friday, May 15th, 2020. And let's get to the news. If you were asked what the main news story of 2020 would be back on January 1st, the major consensus was, without a doubt, the upcoming elections, presidential and down-ballot races alike. But then, this happened. Tonight, over a million confirmed cases in America. The pandemic has now killed more Americans in the Vietnam War. More than one in five working Americans filed for unemployment in the last two months. An uncertain future. Reopenings continue despite an expected spike in infections as the president oscillates on dissolving the White House Coronavirus Task Force. But as public attention shifts away from the campaign season, political candidates still have to press forward and introduce themselves to their potential constituents. That's an easier job for incumbents who are now at the center of decision-making on how to combat COVID. The challengers, though, face an uphill battle, and especially right now, lots of the typical methods of outreach and campaigning are an impossible task while social distancing. So as thousands of campaigns try to flip a seat or fill an empty one this November, how will they adapt through the summer, and what have they already had to do? We talked to four local examples at three different levels of government to see what they're thinking and preparing for. So let's start local and branch out nationally. This week, local software programmer Mike Bransford became the first person to announce a challenge to any incumbent Rochester City Council member. In Bransford's case, he's looking to win the Ward 2 seat and upset 12-year incumbent Michael Wojcik in the process. Bransford told us he'll be going door-to-door if it's safe, but also noted the possibility of residents not wanting to talk and the desire to not feel like an intrusion. In these local races where it's less about party and more about personal connection, Bransford started his campaign with a call to the city to give him a call. I'm willing to do, you know, anybody and everybody in Ward 2 or anywhere across the city, if they want to do a Zoom or a Bluetooth or a phone call, you know, um, hopefully I can create enough interest in my campaign that people will want to reach out to me and and talk to me. But, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, At the state level, Dwayne Souk's imminent retirement in House District 25B leaves a seat up for grabs. Last week, the DFL party endorsed former nurse Liz Bolden as their choice to succeed Salk. 
She says her campaign has relied on technology in the past few weeks, putting a greater emphasis on social networks and frequently using video chat tools like Zoom, which we used for this interview. Bolden says the pandemic has affected the way her campaign operates on an external level, but hasn't changed the fundamental pieces. That we are not door knocking and we are not getting within six feet of people and it looks very different. But the goal um, to make connections with people, that's not different. That's the same. So we're still trying to do the same thing is to connect with people. And I am talking to folks and hearing what matters to people. Um, Just the way we are going about that is different. The avenue for that is different. While the Republican Party of Olmstead County won't announce their endorsed candidate until May 20th, Rochester businessman and real estate agent Kenneth Bush received the party's nomination in 2018 and is vying for the seat this time around as well. While Bush told me he's relying on his Facebook pages and virtual town halls in the interim, he's primarily relied on face-to-face interaction to drum up support in the past. And regardless of a stay-at-home order, there will be less people to meet out there. Um, I'm the type of guy that's a door knocker, a campaigner, um, out meeting the public, and so it's I feel that it it, it may take an effect on my campaign because of my campaign style. While the fight for the vacant state house seat takes shape, a razor-thin margin from 2018 will get a do-over in November. The fight for the U.S. House of Representatives in District 1 was one of the closest House races in the country 18 months ago, with Republican Jim Hagedorn flipping the seat vacated by current Minnesota Governor Tim Walls by less than 1,300 votes over DFL candidate Dan Fian. And that was a big deal. Once in office, U.S. House representatives win re-election nearly 90% of the time, according to the Center for Responsive Politics. 2020 marks round two as Fian and his team prepare for a rematch with Hagedorn. Fian campaign manager Han Chang says his team has relied heavily on phone calls in recent weeks, using them as de facto check-ins to ask how people are doing. Chang says the campaign process has taken a temporary back seat to making sure that people on the other end of the line are doing well. But just because it's in the back seat doesn't mean it's necessarily out of the question. Some people will say, hey, he's got my vote, you know, yeah. and I really appreciate you checking in. And that's always great. But sometimes people will say, hey, I, I actually haven't heard of Dan Fian. And, you know, folks will kind of uh, transition almost to that and say, hey, I really appreciated you checking in on me. And, you know, can you can you tell me more about Dan? Of course, most every campaign has a plan of attack, plus contingencies for when things don't go as expected. 2020 was expected to be a wild and crazy election cycle, but no campaign could have foreseen the ways COVID-19 has changed America. It's now up to the candidates and campaign managers to try to predict what's coming next and prepare for almost anything. We have, I have like eight different plans, um, yeah. you know, depending on the various scenarios, but, you know, it's, it's understanding that, you know, the best laid plans can change and we want to be prepared for a lot of different scenarios, but, you know, I think it's going to be... Um, it's going to be based on, on what, what, what allows people to be safe and healthy, and, and we, we don't want to put anyone at risk. Mm-hmm. Now on to some news briefs from the week that was. Governor Tim Walls announced the end of Minnesota's stay-at-home order on Wednesday, with Monday, May 18th marking the first day Minnesotans will be allowed to gather in groups smaller than 10. Most retail businesses will be allowed to reopen Monday as well, with the exception of close contact stores like restaurants, bars, salons, theaters, and gyms. The openings come with restrictions. Businesses must have a safety plan in place and will not be allowed to exceed 50% customer capacity. The governor did extend the state's peacetime emergency through June 12th, 
allowing Walls the power to reissue orders if he deems it necessary. On the testing front, a Rochester-based biotech firm announced the development of a new antibody test that their CEO says could become the gold standard to determine if a person has COVID-19 protective immunity. Viriad, which has made news in the past for making breakthroughs in cancer treatments, says it has created a test capable of identifying the specific antibodies that neutralize the virus that causes COVID-19. This is opposed to most other tests in use today, which simply measure the level of antibodies in the body. The test may be commercially available by the end of May. As the COVID-19 case count in Olmstead County crosses the 400 mark, county officials confirmed a significant number of those cases could be traced back to one house party. The information first appeared on the Facebook feed of Mark Tyne, Olmstead County's District 7 commissioner, who said the county found the source of the outbreak through contact tracing. No further details were released regarding the party, including how many people were there or what spaces they came in contact with. Finally, Congressman Jim Hagedorn says he's feeling great as the District 1 representative continues to battle stage 4 kidney cancer. Congressman Hagedorn has received treatment at Mayo Clinic for 15 months since being diagnosed in February of 2019. So far, he has not missed a vote due to his illness. And that's where we'll leave it on The Rundown this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard this week, the best way to support us, as so many of you have done over the past few weeks, is to become a member. We are in the process of overhauling our membership perks, but for now, know you're becoming a part of quality local journalism when you head to medcitybeat.com membership and sign up. I'm Isaac James with MedCityBeat. Thanks for coming back after all these weeks. Stay safe, stay well, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you next Friday.